I always coach people surfing and I said, if you know how to achieve this goal, if you know how to fight this fear or this uh, block thing, this thing is blocking your mind in surfing, you can do with your boss, with your husband, with your wife or any, it's the same feeling, it's the same uh, way to achieve, it's the same, yeah, it's the same way. So what I learned is if you want something, you can do anything you want. Welcome back to another episode of Everyday Endorphins. You just heard from Ivan Vilalba, who is the founder of Elite Surf Coaching. Ivan is originally from Spain, but has surfed all across the world, and we ended up meeting in Bali. As a former professional athlete himself, Ivan works with elite surfers from across the entirety of the world, coaching them to achieve their best performance, not only physically, but especially mentally. In this episode, we chat about the difficulties Ivan faced as he started becoming a surfer, how he got into the sport, and then how his passions led him to start his own surf coaching company. We also chat a little bit about the business of surfing and the lifestyle of surfing and some of the challenges involved when young kids are training to become some of the top surfers in the entire world. I'm super excited to share this episode, but before we get into it, I have a brief message from my sponsor, Anchor. Hi, Yvonne. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. Thank you for having me here. (laughs) It's crazy because we met maybe a week ago (laughs) here in Bali in Changu. I just was so blown away by your story and the company that you started, Elite Surf Coaching. I wanted to start with talking a little bit about your story with surfing, when you started, how you got interested in it, and why you gravitated towards the sport. I started with 15 years old, and um, yeah, first first time I surfed, first day, boy, I felt like, boy, this, I love this thing. And um, yeah, the first year I was surfing 10, 12 hours, no, 10, 8, 10 hours every day, super motivated. And yeah, I started competing, competing in the first, first year. Yeah, I was like a beginner, but I, I tried one competition, and after that, I love compete. And yeah, after that first competition, I did very, very bad, <laughs> very bad. And uh, my second competition, I was second. Third competition, I was first. So were these like national competitions? No, in, the, these in, in the beginning was of my state. Okay. So the first competition I did was uh, like a local of my city. And yeah, I did totally, I was super excited. I get uh, 10 ways in 10 minutes. Like this is no sense. Wow. And um, yeah, I yeah, I did many, only mistakes, but the feeling to be in the competition, I love that feeling, and I thought, why well, I like this. So the second year, we have a, a state a competition. So I was junior, and uh, my second competition was the first of the, that tour. I was second, and in the second competition, that is my third competition in my life, I won. Wow, yeah. that's insane. Yeah, yeah. So what is that feeling like? I guess when you started surfing and you realized that you loved it, what about the sport do you love? Like what was it for you? I surfing? I like the the I think the challenge that the always wow this is so difficult and uh, was super difficult for me. Even um, I was the the worst of my friends. We start five people and I was the yeah I remember I, all my friends getting better than me and uh, faster they learn faster than me. But I think because that I was more focused. I need to do it better. I need to 
be better and, and challenge, all the, always challenge, challenge. But in the beginning, the people think, oh, one day when I serve like those people, I'm going to enjoy more. But you never have this. You always, when you go to the next level, you think to the next level. And you always want to the next level. Next, So even I'm surfing now for 30 years and I still having my goals. I want to do deeper barrels, getting bigger waves or uh, improve my style in one maneuver. So you never finish improving. You always want to improve and you want to go to the next level. And I think this is what I keep, keep me, keeps, keeps me um motivated because after 30 years I still having goals and well I want to improve this thing oh I can't do that thing so it's the challenge that really inspires and motivates you to keep going I think that can be said with really like any type of sport or high performance um, activity when you're really devoted and committed putting in at least 10,000 hours to perfect your skill and in elite surfing coaching that you you know the company that you founded and the offerings that you provide can you talk a little bit more about the more technical aspects of coaching surfers, but then also when you're coaching more elite level surfers who are competing at these big championships and competitions, how the training is a bit different? Yeah, depends on the, the surf level of the people. I work more uh, in the technique or in, with the mind. So with the people, I, I call them hobby surfers or daily surfers. I think it's 90%, ah, 80%. Sometimes I work a lot uh, with the mind, but it's 80% technique because they are learning new things or they are doing some mistakes with the technique they don't understand or they don't know. And uh, when I coach professional athletes, it's mostly for uh, psychologic thing, supporting them in the competition because they are super stressed. In that moment, they the, the minds that they have a lot of pressure because they need to uh, win and everything. So I try to release all the the pressure and I help them with how to manage, okay, relax, do this, what do you think about that? And I try to make them more relaxed and less focused in the result, in the sponsors and things like that. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it's very much a mental game. And in high school, I was um, a rower, so I did crew and it's very physically challenging and hard to sit on the rowing machine for you know 50 plus minutes or do these high intensity interval training sessions when your body is producing so much lactic acid and you just want to get off the machine or you're doing really hard practice on the water and it's so tiring but your body can do so much more than you realize it's all about what goes on up inside your head so when you've coached other professional athletes about getting over that mental block mm-hmm. what does that experience look like? Like, what are the thoughts going on in their head and how do you help them overcome those challenges? So in my case, I always try to be first thing, friend of them. So I can ask them, how are you? How you feel? How is your family? Because sometimes they have problems here coming from, yeah, from other friends or for something that you don't realize. And I need to talk to them and feel what happened. And it depends how I feel they are. I, it's where I have my door, no, my door to to go inside and help them. So you kind of have to gain trust, I guess, is what yeah. you're saying at the beginning through developing a, a trusting relationship with them and then working through those mental blocks and challenges to just alleviate some pressure yeah. and stress and allow them to perform at their best level. I mean, have you used certain practices from your own experience surfing, you know, when you felt very challenged and stressed out about wanting to win or improve and do mm-hmm. better, like what are some things that you do for yourself to 
alleviate those stresses and keep challenging yourself, but in a healthy way that allows you to keep moving forward rather than feeling so overwhelmed and stressed out by the surf. If you say to me, to myself, I know how to give uh, advices. So I always, when I see someone, uh, you have this, I, in my, inside me, I, say, I think uh, this problem I can fix like this. They, uh, they have this thing I can fix like that. But f by, for myself, even when I know something happened to me and I know the solution, I don't know how to apply to myself. I don't know if I don't know how to apply or I don't want to apply or because sometimes it's, yeah, you can do like this. And I know the solution, but it's like, Sometimes I, I feel like, wow, this I don't like this solution. I don't want to, to yeah, do it. Yeah, because we obviously, you know, we identify with ourselves. And so objectively, we might know what's the right thing to do. But it's so hard to apply that advice towards ourselves mm. because we're so, you know, attached to it. Mm. We don't have that separation. Yeah, and I think it's, um, it's much easier to see. It's like when you have a friend and they have some problem. And from outside, you can see the problem and everything because you don't have uh, feelings. But when it's something, the same thing related to you, you don't know how to do it. Something like that, no? Right, right. And so you grew up surfing all across the world, the Canary Islands, Australia. Where's your favorite place to surf? Here in Indonesia. In, in Bali? And in in Mentawai, yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah. Is yeah. it like the quality of the waves yeah. or how, how could you describe the differences? So, yeah, I travel... I've been many places. I've been in Hawaii, Mexico, Chile, all around Europe, Australia, many places. I love Australia, but I, I love Australia, the, the country. But if I'm talking about the, the ways or, yeah, the ways are, for me, the best place are in, in Mentawai, the quality of the waves and the water, you don't need to use a wetsuit. Yeah, if you say to me, okay, if you are going to live forever in one place, where do you want to be? Mentawai. In Indonesia? Yeah. <laughs> well, so I tried surfing for the first time last week and <laughs> I was so afraid because I've never surfed before in my life and I'm always afraid to like go further out into the ocean with the big waves because the hardest part is just getting in. Like mm -hmm. right when they're crashing at the shore, you don't want to get swept into that. So I had to just conquer my fear and go right under and then the surf guide, you know, took me out further into the water and something that I remember feeling was just so peaceful when all the waves have passed and you have maybe a minute or two of just mm. stillness and it's so relaxing where you're just waiting for the next wave it's very calm it's very quiet that experience kind of reminded me of a meditative state do okay. you practice meditation or yoga or <laughs> anything in that realm I, I maybe i do it but not with knowledge of i'm doing uh, meditation yeah i think the day you were surfing, I was there. In my opinion, you have, if you felt you have this time to relax, if you surf one more month or two more months, you are going to discover next level because you were in a place that waves didn't stop. But if you go to a next level, you are going to have, yeah, like a two minutes, one minute, that moment waiting for the, we call set, set of waves. Set of waves, that's yeah. the terminology for yeah. it. So there's like, I guess like a handful of waves that come and then you have the, the yeah. stillness, which yeah. is called the set of waves. Yeah. And then the next batch yeah. comes yeah. in. Yeah. Where I was surfing, the waves felt really big. Like it did not yeah. feel like it was a beginner place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's that place is perfect because the wave break in the back, a big wave. But when you were, it's a reform the wave with, I don't, I know that you think a lot of power, but in that place that the, the waves wasn't powerful and like it's, yeah, it's beginner place. 
It did not feel no. beginner. It was crazy because I think a lot of the experience I felt was fear trying it out. And once you try, you know, try to put that in the back of your mind and really be present in the experience, when the surf instructor was telling me, okay, now get up now, yeah. you just have to get up. And I think I was still a little afraid because I wasn't able to get my foot far in front enough to be able to like fully stand up and have my arms out and have the you know proper mm-hmm. balance. But in the moments where I was like partially standing up, it's so freeing. It's like a rush of endorphins. Yeah. <laughs> and the feeling eh, when you are in the wave moving. Yeah. I'm, so what's it called when the wave kind of comes under and you can... Barrel. Yeah. That, that's... I mean... That is... Need... I think that is what you say, the um, meditation. But it's like... Uh, usually it's two seconds, in between two seconds. And if you get a 10 seconds barrel, it's like, wow, next level. But that moment is like... Uh, everything is, is pausing. It's like you are inside the barrel and it's like... Like, yeah, you cannot. Um, I, I think there is one brand, Billabon, and they say only a surfer knows the feeling. Mm. That feeling, I think you cannot explain when you are in that moment in the barrel, and when you finish the barrel, like, like, wow, you release all your, 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 everything, like, wow, I make it. Yeah, no, it's, it seems like such a beautiful experience. And you used to work for Billabong. Yeah. Right, yeah. so you've seen surfing from so many different perspectives, mm. from more of a business perspective, from actually being out on the water, and now also a different business perspective with your company. Mm-hmm. What was it like working at Billabong, and how did that bring you further in your career? So for me, I'm, now I realize that many things I did in my life, filming, working in Billabong, uh, competing, everything now is... Um, connect together so I have the knowledge of filming when I uh, coach the people because I need to film them the knowledge of Billabon uh, give me yeah a lot of confidence knowledge when I uh, give advices to the professional surfers about how to get a sponsor how you need to be clean everything you are the image of a brand so I know already when uh, someone is uh, looking for a sponsor what the the other side of the, the, the brand, they, what are they looking for? Or when they, they ask for someone, I know already all the, the steps. Yeah, I remember one time I, I, um, I recommend one, one guy in Spain and I say to the marketing girl, hey, Carmen, I have one, one kid, he's really good and I think um, it's good for us. First question she asked me, is he beautiful? So uh, it's about the image. Yes, and I say, like this, I say, eh, what? He served really good. Why you think? Why you need to know if he's beautiful or no? And she said to me, "It's the image of the brand." So of course I know if you bring me someone, he's going to be a good surfer. But the next thing I need to know is if he has a good image. Mm. So I now I know. This is why when I give advice to the kids or people, hey, you need to have good looking. You need to be a nice guy. You need to be polite. You need to say hello to everyone. You need to be like this, like that. Because I know the brands now, they, only, they are not looking only for if you are a good surfer. You need to be a nice person, humble. Uh, if you talk different languages, everything you can be better than surfing is, is going to be uh, extra points when they wow. uh, want to sponsor you. So it's this whole like, holistic look at the yeah. individual surfer. Yeah. I didn't even know that. That's crazy. So so much goes into it. You're training more than just a professional athlete. It's there's so many qualifications you have to meet yeah. or at least really to maintain your own brand image because mm-hmm. otherwise the brands won't want you. Yep. And did you experience that as you were training to become, you know, really professional at what you're doing? Yeah. 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 When you, when you coach, in my case, I coach uh, kids uh, from nine years old. 
So I already coach them to to be because if you don't tell these things to them, they don't think they think the professional surfers they live the life and they are doing whatever they want, but they are always they know everything. Everything is I teach them even when they walk with the surfboard and if one camera uh, in that area, they need to walk with the stickers facing to the camera, like casual, like a, like you do without thinking, but you need to walk or when you are paddling and you know there is a, someone taking pictures from the boat, you need to know the, the nose of the server a little bit more higher but because when he takes the picture, the, the sponsor is going to be in the photo. So it's, it's small details that you need to teach the kids or the people for... So when you're that high of a level of being a professional athlete, it's so much more than just the surfing. Yeah. Yes, of course. It's so much more. I didn't even think about how the people out on the boats are taking photos and videos and all these promotional uh, materials of you and you need to position the board correctly and be mindful of that. So that's so much that the athlete needs to take in. Mm. I'm sure people must feel overwhelmed by everything that they have to do beyond just knowing how to surf well. In, in this case, is the next level or the difference in between uh, average and an uh, excellent or professional surfer. Because mm-hmm. you can be a really good surfer, but the next level is those small details. Now, I want to come back more to this idea around surfing and, and wellness and mental health. We already talked a bit about kind of that meditative experience when it's the set of waves, when you're mm-hmm. waiting for the next ones to come, and when you're in the barrel and you're it's, ex- it's an experience like no other. But what about, you know, the lifestyle of being a surfer? You have to, I feel like you have to wake up pretty early to go out for a surf in the morning and you have to train not only your body, but your mind. So mm-hmm. how do you manage all of that? In my case, it's like, like, like a normal thing. I don't think about, I need to wake up this. My, I wake, I'm going to sleep thinking, ah, tomorrow is going to be good early in the morning. I already... I'm, don't, I'm not thinking about, uh, I need to do this, I need to do that. Or even if you feel you have no power, you think, oh, maybe I need to eat something. Yeah, <laughs> it's my friends. If they are watching this, they say, Ivan, you eat everything. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, it's, but yeah, I think you are doing, when you are do, doing this for many, many, many years, you don't think about, it's something natural. Right. So, something second nature. Yeah, what yeah. about, you know, when you're training professional athletes? Mm-hmm. I guess they're already at such a high level that it's already maybe second nature to them. But the process of getting to that level, you know, mm-hmm. it must be so challenging and just you know, a lot mentally and physically. So what are some of, you know, the challenges maybe you've seen surfers face mm-hmm. and how do you help them overcome that or or at least feel like they're, uh, you know, more in control? Mm-hmm. So what I think, um, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, surfing was, the, the professional athletes was uh, like a rock stars. So if you are a good surfer, is what I'm telling you now is more last 10 years, maybe, last, and it's more prof- real professional surfers. Before they were, yeah, prof- they call professional because they get money from, from, from what they are doing. But now it's more prof- real professional because now people are real athletes. Mm-hmm. Be- start become real athletes now. So they are training, um, doing gym before, preparing the, the competition. So now they are more focused and more, it's getting more difficult year by year. So what I told you about my first competition, my second competition, now it's impossible. You are surfing for two years and win a competition or three years. It must take now much longer now to be yes. able to... I'm coaching kids um, 
Yeah, I'm watching one kid now here. He's seven years old, Rocco from Italy. And he's already getting barrels, things like you even people uh, with yeah, 30 years old, they look at him and say, ah, this kid is, <laughs> is, seven, is 30 so kilos and he's <laughs> getting big, bigger ways. So now everyone is preparing, even sometimes the, the people say, isn't it's good these kids doing this, like this focus for competition? I say, if they like, it's okay. And if, if when you see someone in any sport, they are the best in the world, it's because they start since they have three, five years old mm -hmm. and from the beginning like this. Well, you know, Tiger Woods, the famous golfer, I mean, he, there was a series, I believe, on HBO or some channel about Tiger Woods' life story and how he started. He was like the golf prodigy and he started at such a young age, maybe three or five years old, and he loved the sport, but I think there was a lot of pressure in his family from mm -hmm. his father and, you know, as he gained more fame, there was even mm -hmm. more pressure and so... Ultimately, the story didn't end up the best. You know, he's been accused of a lot of different, you know, allegations. And now I think more recently he's gotten in a car crash. Like so much is going on with Tiger mm -hmm. Woods. But there's something to be said about starting a very competitive sport early on at such a young age. Like how much choice do you have in that? How do you differentiate between passion and like just sticking through with something? Because it seems enjoyable at the time. I think it's a thin line and difficult to know because for me sometimes I, I, I see the parents too much um, wow, too hard sometimes that like I say what I don't know if this this is going to be good or not sometimes I ask them do you think it's good to be like that but in the same time I've, I've met kids that the parents were like that and now they are really good surfers and they are in the competition in the, in, in the top and sometimes you think, okay, maybe the, this pressure from the parents is the one when they are in competition, they don't feel any pressure because they have that pressure from the parents for all their, their lives. But yeah, you never, in my case, eh, I never know where is the line in between too much pressure, too less, because sometimes the parents, ah, I leave them, they can do whatever they want. And you can see that sometimes if the parents don't push the kids, sometimes the kid don't need that pressure and the kid he really want or she really want and you never know who is going to be good pressure from the parents who is going to be totally the opposite and when they are 15 17 years old they say i don't want to surf never again in my life or i don't want to compete sometimes they they still surfing but they say i don't want to be in a competition never ever, ever again right because the competition adds on all of those layers and more pressure to you know to win and as we were talking about the, everything with the sponsorship and having the right brand image so i can only imagine how stressful that is but in your experience it seems like for you it's been this lifelong passion that you've been doing since you were so young mm -hmm. and now you get to give back to the community and you get to mm -hmm. coach people and you get to train all levels you know professional athletes and more novice beginner surfers and focusing more on their technique so one question that i also wanted to ask is what are some of the greatest lessons you've gained from the sport? Some life lessons that you've you've learned through surfing. If you really want something, you can anything in the life. I always coach people surfing, and I said, if you know how to achieve this goal, if you know how to fight this fear or this uh, block thing, this thing is blocking your mind in surfing. You can do with your boss, with your husband, with your wife, or any. It's the same feeling. It's the same uh, way to achieve. It's the same 
Yeah, it's the same way. So what I learned is if you want something, really want, you can do anything you want. That's very empowering because it's, yeah. you know, the same idea. If you put your mind to it, you can do it. You can achieve anything that you want in this, in this world if you really work hard for it. Yeah. Granted, I mean, there's always... <laughs> obstacles that come in the way but oftentimes we're our biggest uh, roadblock you know we stop ourselves from really achieving what we want because we're self-critical or we have those thoughts in our head that say we can't do it but it's would you say you know it's about kind of silencing those thoughts and just keep you know having that yeah. self-discipline fight work i was the the worst the worst of my friends, but the worst, they call me in Spanish robotin, like a robot, robot, because I was yeah. like a robot surfing. If you can take a picture of a group of uh, when we were 15 years old and you said, which one of those guys is going to be good surfer? Maybe this, 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 but that one for sure, no. And then you prove and, them wrong. <laughs> yeah, and I'm the only one still surfing. No, I think one is still surfing, but yeah, I'm the only, the only one I was a, a professional surfer and... Yeah, if, because I was focused, I want, I want, I yeah. really want Having from the beginning. Having that drive and that motivation, a combination, I think, of willpower and self-discipline. And I mm -hmm. mean, I think those are lessons you can take from really any intense sport. I would say the same for rowing, even though I only did it for four years and there was no way I was going to be a professional like Olympic rower. I think it instills this, this discipline and this ability you know, to work hard and put your mind to something and to not give up. Because once you start something, it's important to follow through to the mm. best of your ability. Mm. I guess on the water, you have no choice but to follow through because you're out in the sea. But in rowing, you could always get off the, the rowing machine or something. Mm. But having that, that determination. Yeah. And go, 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 go. Yeah. Work. I always say there is um, people, I don't know in English if you say done. Like uh, people, they have... They, anything they do, they are doing good. If they play basketball, and first time, oh. Oh, yeah, like and a natural talent. Yeah, or... yeah, talent, talent. Talent people yeah. and workers. I was a worker, not yeah. talent. Well, I think there's actually a lot of research around this, like growing up, uh, having this natural ability, this natural talent versus those who work hard to achieve. I don't think there's like any natural talent necessarily because... At the end of the day, like it's more about the work that you put in, the effort that you put in. Because as you say, I mean, you're an, a perfect example. Like you didn't start out as an amazing surfer, but you put in the time and the mm -hmm. effort, and you had the right mindset towards it. You, you know, you were telling yourself that you were going to achieve this, and you were bringing that into your own reality through thinking about it and bringing that energy into the world and that that act of just you know being very disciplined about it every day. But I think sometimes, I don't know if you know about um, Kelly Slater. Mm -mm. He's like, a, I don't know, yeah, like the Tiger Woods. So he's the most famous surfer in the world. He's still in the tour. He's 40, 47, 48. I only know Quincy Davis. Okay. <laughs> From like Instagram, <laughs> okay. to be honest. Kelly Slater is, yeah, he's the one he saw to everyone. He's still in the tour for, whew, I don't know how many years. Always in the top, top, top. And he's... 47, 48, and he's still there. And I think when, when, I, when I explain about him, is I think he has natural talent plus work. Mm. He has both things. So when you mix natural talent and work, you have Kelly Slater. Yeah, people like the odd ones out, yeah. you know, that are just have this extraordinary ability, which is wild. But I think it's so inspiring because knowing that if you put your mind to anything, you can really set out to achieve what you want is 
really uplifting and gives you a sense of agency and control over your life and control over the success that you want to bring into into your own life and how you choose to define your success, I also think is quite important. Thank you so much for, for coming here today. It's wonderful to actually be in a studio and record. One question that I ask every guest before the episode finishes, what is something that brings you a bit of endorphins? I, I, I don't know how to, sh the, the, the answer, I don't know. <laughs> because even when you, you told me, I said, I have no idea. And I have uh, two, three days for thinking, I said, I have no idea. So the answer is, I have no idea. Well, from what I've observed, you love food. You love, you know, going out to eat. You lo yeah. love trying new restaurants and new dishes. So what about exploring different types of food? Maybe, Coffee? maybe, yeah, <laughs> maybe. I think, yeah, maybe that, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> because surfing for me, yeah, when, when you start in the beginning, any small thing you are doing, wow, you feel like, wow. But when you surf for 30 years, you need to do something like, yeah, a super deep barrel or a super a big wave, something that <gasps> gives you, but uh, you, when you surf every day, you have, yeah, you like and you enjoy, but you don't feel something. But yeah, maybe, yeah, I think, yeah, it's the food. It's yeah. the food and the yeah, coffee. I think so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Any particular type of food? I think I enjoy, enjoy, everything. Yeah. Well, you love the pizza here in Bali. That yeah, but I love the pizza here. I love the <laughs> breakfast there. I That's love, true. yeah. I, and I, people, when they look to me, they say, you really like food, eh? <laughs> yeah. I have a friend, I don't know how many years ago, we were to ice cream. And uh, she said, ah, come to this uh, place. I want to, to show you the best ice cream here in, uh, in this island. Okay. And when I tried the, the ice cream, I said, oh, Oh, I was but enjoying a lot. Oh, and she looked to me super serious and she said, Ivan, you like more food than sex, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah, I think so. I mean, you can't, food is great. You can't go wrong. A, a good meal is incredible. And I think, I mean, breakfast is my favorite type of, you know. I, I think I, you I, love, I love breakfast, lunch and dinner. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's good. You know, nourish your body, nourish yeah. your mind and getting ready for a good surf. Yeah. <laughs> But now I cannot surf because I have uh, this uh, injury. That's yeah, right. Injury. That's right. But this maybe this is why I'm enjoying other things like yeah, this interview, uh, filming for the YouTube channel. Food. I have food always, even uh, surfing or surfing. But yeah, I think maybe I'm trying to be focused in different right. aspects. Kind of finding more passions besides yeah. surfing because yeah. when you devote so much time to it for so long, yeah. maybe as you were saying, not that it gets dull, but you're used to it. You know, it's mm -hmm. part of your routine. So now is kind of maybe a blessing in disguise to get to explore and yeah. do other things. Where can my followers find you on Instagram or your website? So now, uh, yeah, until last month, I was super, super focused in Instagram. And now because Corona, I thought I need to do something because I cannot travel. I cannot coach people like usually I'm doing. So I'm uh, starting a YouTube channel. And yeah, Instagram, YouTube, even the website is the same. It's Elite Self Coaching. So you can find in Instagram, www.elitesurfcoaching.com. And in YouTube, it's the same, Elite Self Coaching channel. Great. Well, I'll be sure to share that amongst my community. Thank you again so much for coming on to the podcast. Thank you for having me here. <laughs> Thank you for listening and remember to like, rate, and review this podcast on whichever listening platform you prefer. Don't forget to keep spreading endorphins 
and find things that bring you endorphins every day. See you next time. 